From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 8th of September. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about Ukraine's counteroffensive, as well as three other stories breaking around the world right now. But first, let's start with Ukraine's fight back. After weeks of relative quiet, things seem to have really picked up in Ukraine lately. Just last week, we saw a Ukrainian counteroffensive in Kurzon, with Ukrainian forces establishing positions on the east side of the river and making marginal gains elsewhere on the Kurzon front. On top of this, over the last couple of days, Ukrainian forces have staged yet another counteroffensive, this time around Kharkiv. On Wednesday, Ukrainian forces captured the town of Balakia before rapidly moving northeast towards Sedzhenkove, presumably with the intention of eventually reaching Kupchansk. Now, if Ukrainian forces can reach Kupchansk, they'll be able to cut off Russian supply lines to Izium, where significant numbers of troops are currently stationed. That's because all major rail lines and road routes to Izium from Belgorod, where Russia keeps most of their supplies, run via Kupyansk. So if Ukraine can capture the town, Russian troops in Izium will almost immediately begin to struggle. This would certainly be bad news for the Russian advance in Donbass, where Russian forces are trying in vain to capture Slavansk and Kramatorsk, the two remaining Ukrainian holdouts in the area. Now, Russia is presumably hoping to advance south from Izium in order to surround and ultimately besiege Slavyansk and Kramatorsk. So if Ukrainians can cut them off at Kupyansk, then Russia's chances of fully capturing Donbass, which currently look pretty low anyway, will decrease even further. At the time of writing, Ukrainian forces have apparently already advanced 30 kilometers into previously unheld Russian-held territory which is a pretty crazy rate of advance. And if they continue at this pace, they can expect to capture Kupyansk any time in the next couple of days or so. So keep an eye on this story. All in all, it's more bad news for Putin. And the fact that he's buying military tech from both Iran and North Korea suggests that he's fast running out of equipment, as does his recent attempt to recruit another 100,000 troops. Similarly, while it's important not to overstate the magnitude of Ukrainian advances so far, Russia still controls a significant chunk of Ukrainian territory, and it's not like the Ukrainians are going to recapture Crimea anytime soon. Ultimately, the fact that Russia has gone from attacker to defender just doesn't bode well for Putin either. So that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Having only been in office for a few hours, it seems that the UK's next Prime Minister is already experiencing a bump in the road when it comes to the special relationship with the United States. That's because across the Atlantic, the White House press secretary was asked, as is commonplace, how Joe Biden's phone call with Liz Truss went, and whether a US-UK trade deal was on the cards. However, unprompted, the press secretary brought up the issue of Northern Ireland, warning that there's no formal linkage on trade talks between the US and the UK and the Northern Ireland Protocol, as we've said. But efforts to undo the Northern Ireland Protocol would not create a conducive environment. And that's basically where we are in the dialogue. 
Now, given that Liz Truss was the Prime Minister behind the Northern Ireland Protocol Bill, which sets to, well, undo parts of the protocol, it doesn't look good for Truss. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your everyday routine. Or you can just search for us in your podcast app to listen along. Staying with the US, Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort, which was raided by the FBI last week, is apparently a magnet for foreign spies, at least according to warnings from intelligence officials. That's because since the FBI raid, people from across the intelligence community have been waiting on tenterhooks for developments in this case. For instance, the Washington Post has recently confirmed that documents seized at the resort include a document describing the nuclear capabilities and defenses of an unnamed foreign document, as well as marked special access programs referring to US intelligence operations, as well as documents stamped HCS, referring to information garnered from intelligence operatives in enemy countries. Talking to MSNBC, John Brennan, a former CIA director, stressed that he was sure Mar-a-Lago was being targeted by Russian intelligence and other intelligence over the course of the last 18 to 20 months. The comments themselves coming soon after reports that a fake Russian-speaking heiress was able to infiltrate the resort. Ultimately, we'll have to see what comes from the raid, but at the moment, it looks like Mar-a-Lago's the place to be if you're looking for info about the US. Finally today, some good news. That's because scientists from the University of Oxford have developed a malaria vaccine with, quote, world-changing potential. And that might not be overhyping it, because the vaccine has shown 80% protection against the disease in clinical trials and could be rolled out as early as next year, as well as being, according to the scientists, cheap and scalable. Professor Adrian Hill, director of the Jenner Institute at the world-leading university and co-creator of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine, stressed that a rollout of the vaccine at a grand scale and on top of other practices like bed nets, spraying and drug preventative treatment had the potential to cause a substantial reduction in the burden of malaria deaths and diseases. Going on to say that by 2030, we could expect to see deaths fall by up to 70%. That being said, scientists have warned that the benefits of the vaccine could be muted if funding and wider support from richer nations doesn't materialize. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But it looks like good news for the moment. That's all we have time for today, but you can get more from TLDR on our other channels. Just search TLDR News on YouTube and you'll find a whole ton of our stuff. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also get an extended version of the show every single weekday. Available to watch on Nebula or to stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get an even more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service with some of the world's best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and, well, it's always ad-free, too. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.